All right, so it looks like you're in. I'm here. You're here. Okay. So we're so, profe- we're so professional. Yep, this is a little bit different, so I'm gonna have to get used to it. But it almost sounds like you on this uh, on this particular format. What do you mean? Your voice is much clearer. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, it actually sounds like you. <clears throat> nice. So we'll record, and then I can cut it up a little bit. But this is going to be a, a test run for sure. So still shoot it around thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens because this one there isn't a time limit. Okay. So the other one there was, but also the prime time thing. So. That's my preferred method is to use the other one, but we'll see because this one doesn't really allow for a lot of accessories, I guess you could say. Okay. So we'll see how it goes, but oh yeah, and I've been coughing a little bit, so. Eh, I've been sick for three weeks. Yeah, so we'll see how this goes and I'll start with an introduction here, but. So this is Preserve the Hobby, episode one. Uh, This is something we've done before under a different name, but today we're going to kind of start over after taking a year off, um, start our podcast again, just basically all kinds of different topics, whatever is happening during the week, or my ultimate goal is revisiting stories that have happened or speaking to people that have worked in the industry current or in the past so we'll just cover a little bit of everything if you can want to go ahead and introduce yourself we'll go ahead and do that man i figure at this point if you're listening you know who i am i try to be uh try to be pretty active on social media uh twitter specifically i'm at beans b card blog um still use that handle even though i don't really write we don't really write on the beans ball card blog blog anymore and then uh, I, I kind of have a personal blog now um, that's, I feel like a collector again, dot blogspot.com. So you did say we don't write as really on there. I would say we definitely don't write as much, but every once in a while we'll throw something up. Um, maybe once a month or something like that. I know you are more of a, Reblogger now of some of the other ones that we like and that we enjoy ourselves. So yeah, I try to re I try to reblog on that one uh, when I find something good that's on WordPress. You can't uh, anybody that's on WordPress. I can reblog. Um, it's just one of those things, and you know this, and anybody that's tried to do a blog knows this. It just takes a lot of time. I mean, it takes a lot of time. You have a family. You have a you know you have a young little guy. Um, I don't have that, but. You know, it's a lot of work, and you know, after you work a full day to come home and spend an hour or two working on a blog post, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather hang out and chill and watch TV with my fiance or do something else. Yeah, it definitely is, and I will say, you know, I can say this because I don't work for that company anymore, but I would say at least half of what I wrote I did while I was working, you know, just in downtime. So when that's not an option anymore, that definitely cuts cuts things in half for sure um but so it's january it's the time of the year for baseball hall of fame um you and i are both fairly big wrestling fans um wwe just announced their first hall of fame member did you catch that yet uh yes i did catch that that would be one william goldberg yeah definitely i don't think anybody was really surprised about that but you know, the rest, the rest of the class, and this goes every year, the first name is always kind of predictable because there's always the tie-in to WWE 2K 18, 17, 16, you know, whatever the year is. There's always that tie-in, it seems like. Um, previous years, it's been Kurt Angle, it's been Sting. So you kind of knew who was going to be the headliner coming up the next year. So to me... The rest of the class is what's always interesting. Yeah, those are the like guys the too. Tag team. Yeah, those are the guys. I think you know we we probably we haven't talked to you and I wrestling as much as we've talked cards, but I've never been like the guy that's the 
the fan of that main event, you know, the main event guy, man, I didn't like Hogan as a kid. Now, when he was in co- when I was in college and he was the NWO, I still didn't like him, but he was cool. But man, as a kid with all the Hulkamania, even as an eight year old, man, that stuff was just ridiculous. I liked the big boss man and I liked Mr. Perfect. And those, those are the types of guys that'll come later. Yeah, definitely. For me, I was always a an underdog fan. You know, I was a huge Daniel Bryan fan a couple of years ago. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But I was always a fan of the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. Whoever that champion was, man, that's not the – I don't want to say I was a bandwagon, but those were the matches that I liked. You know, and now that you say that, uh, Mr. Perfect was that. And then the one that was actually probably my – First real favorite was Ricky Steamboat. See, that's a little bit before me. Um, well, I'm old. Especially NWA days and that sort of thing. That's a little bit before No, 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 me. no. I'm talking Ricky the Dragon, WWF. I didn't get NWA. I didn't see any of that because you, you know where I grew up in West Virginia. Basically, I had the the, you know, the big 4chan networks, and that was it. So I didn't have the cable to see the NWAs and stuff. But, yeah, I'm talking his – Versus Macho Man, WrestleMania 3, that, that era. Well, see, and even that since, when were you born? Uh, um, let's say I'll, I'll be 40 in about a, okay. a year and a half month. <laughs> so you've got five or, five or six yeah. years on me. So And that makes, that's kind of in that range <laughs> where that makes a big difference. I was eight or nine, and you were three or four. Huge difference. Right. So, yeah, and everybody talks about that Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat match, and not that I've never watched it. But that's not something that's ingrained in my mind as far as, you know, that was the match when I was a child. You know, for me, I just bought a two-pack of figures at Target that I got for $10, but I wanted them when they were $40 of Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango when Ultimate Warrior saved Hogan at WrestleMania 8. That's another guy I couldn't stand was Warrior. See, I was I was a huge Warrior fan, but also... People like Papa Shango and people like Earthquake and Typhoon, you know, those were my guys. The guys around 88, 89, 90, those were the people that I liked, and that's the stuff that I go back and watch today. And that's kind of when I started. I got out because, you know, I got into junior high and, you know, it was priorities. It was, well, it just wasn't cool to do that. Right. And, then I, you know, and then I can still think of some of the guys in high school that were into wrestling, and I'm like, oh yeah, those weren't necessarily the dudes I was uh, hanging out with. But uh, I got back into it in college. Yeah, and definitely everybody came back. NWO time, you know, you said college for me, it was high school, but I was still kind of watching it in the background, just not like we were saying, not really professing my love for wrestling. Of Shawn Michaels when I was in seventh or eighth grade, that sort of thing. But definitely in high school, you know, it for me and then college for you, it came back huge. And even then, I was a huge Sting fan just because of the storyline. But if I'm watching WCW, I'm watching Jericho, I'm watching Dean Malenko, you know, the mid-card guys still. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, if you listen to the, you know, I'm not sure I th- we've mentioned it, you listen to the the Tony Schiavone podcast or whatever. I mean, that's, they talk about the depth that was in WCW at that time. And you had guys like Eddie Guerrero opening WCW pay-per-views. It wasn't yeah. the mid-card guys. Heck, it was the, it was the opening acts. And I, I honestly, like, I watch every Monday night's Raw, whether it's live or on Hulu the next day, you know, but. Oh, that's on always- Hulu? If I miss yeah. it, mm-hmm. oh man, I did not know that. It's been on there for years, but I've never used it now until I had to because I actually work every Monday evening now. But I'll make sure not to tell Crystal that you told me that because she will, yeah, she will not be a fan of yours. Actually, it's on there for ninety minutes. So yeah, they, so cut, they cut some stuff out. They cut the entrances down a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. I think well, that's they good. cut out some interviews, but. Well, and we have the whatever, the, the premium where we cut out the commercials, too. Right. Winning. So, but I can remember Monday night, I took a evening class in college on Monday evenings so that my work could never schedule me. You know, that's, <laughs> um, that's how important it was to be home 
because we're talking pre-DVR, we're talking if you're going to record, it's VHS, mm -hmm. or you're flipping back and forth. Yeah, I would. I would. I would always say right I now. wasn't. I would always say I wasn't available. I would turn on. Uh, I would watch. What was it I did? I would watch the first hour of Nitro because it would come on at eight. Right. Then I would flip over to W. I would record Nitro. I would flip over to WWE, watch it from nine to eleven, and then from basically eleven until twelve thirty. You know, because I could flip through the commercials. I would watch what I. You know, what you missed on the VCR, yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 what I did. That's yeah, that's what I did. And it's funny for me to talk to my wife about it now because she came into the picture in 2008, so she missed all the good stuff, you know. And her her biggest memories of wrestling now, because obviously I'm still watching every week, are you know the CM Punk where it actually seemed like a real shoot the whole pipe bomb thing you know she loved that and the daniel bryan but a lot of the other stuff she's like i just i don't get it and for me to try to explain it like hey 15 years ago this was you know the ratings on this were through the roof and she's like yeah i just don't see it yeah i will say that crystal's pretty good and i mean she gets it and she watches it with me and i won't say she desires to watch it but She'll turn it on. I mean, she she pays attention. She has an idea what's going on. I got her uh, for Christmas one of her her gag gift. Uh, I got her the she loves the uh, Heath Slater I got kids shirt. I need this job. So uh, pick that up for her, and she's actually worn that to work one time. Believe it or not. Well, and that's probably a little sentimental to us because he's from our home state. That's true, but I mean, she doesn't care about that. She right, just cares right. about. She loves that get. She loves that gimmick, though, <coughs> the shirt and all that. So, yeah, she's actually really good about it. She watches it with me. Um, you know, now she, you know, she she'll go to sleep before it's usually over, but she knows what's going on in it. Uh, she's got a guy at work that's a huge wrestling fan. I mean, he goes to everything when it's here, so he'll talk to her and she'll she'll humor him a little bit and chat about it as she can. Right, and for you know everything that we're talking about now is the time that if you're not a fan, if you're on the fence, you know these are the weeks, and especially starting on Monday um, with the 25th anniversary of Raw. You know this is the time to be involved. You know the stuff that happens in June, July, August, probably not the greatest, but this seems to be the time of the year where it's always, you know, they're bringing basically bringing the heat and they're bringing everybody that they can. I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've kind of just, man, it's just, there's no competition. It's boring. It doesn't really do a whole lot for me, but these next few weeks, because of, like you said, the 25th anniversary all, we don't know who's coming back. I'm interested to see, you know, at Royal rumble. I don't have WWE network right now. I let that go, but I'm going to get it back so I can watch rumble. Cause it's, you know, there's always that surprise entrant in the, the <coughs> Rumble. And now we've got a 30-women Royal Rumble. Right. Is it Trish Stratus? Is it Lita? You know, who is it? Is it Beth Phoenix? Who is that that comes back? And then, even though I, I just, I don't know, I kind of want to see the clips of the Hall of Fame inductees. Have you seen rumor innuendo on who else is going in this year? Um, You know, I don't think I have. Goldberg was the one that I had seen because that was easy. You know, that was yeah. the video game. That was um, the last WrestleMania and the whole SummerSlam the prior year. So I've got, to imagine, seen... I've got to imagine the next one's going to be somebody relatively recent. Because I got – why would you not have somebody tomorrow night at the 25th Raw, 25th anniversary Raw that's going in? You know, it's not going to be – somebody that's not with us anymore, I would think. It's going to be somebody that they can get on live TV. Which would be awesome. I mean, something that they could plan out and do, not necessarily a story, but, you know, a segment. So, but, so we kind of were talking the wrestling and our love and our livelihood of watching it for years. But what I kind of wanted to talk about was, I collect wrestling cards. 
but I collect the base sets. I'll keep some of the inserts, you know, if it's guys I like, but I'm going for the base sets. I'm going to try to get all the base sets every year. I know you have purchased some and saved some, but are you a collector? And then there's more questions that go with that. I have been in the past. I mean, going back about five years ago, um, I was buying the, you know, I was buying the blasters at Walmart, um, and I was putting together sets. I mean, I went, you know, four, you know, five years. Ago, I don't remember what year it was. You know, I probably had because they were hundred, hundred ten card sets, the basic right. pops. You know, I ended up with like four or five sets. I was buying the chrome, and there was the chrome one year. I can't remember what year it was. They had the atomic refractors in the. Uh, and the blasters, you got like three of them or something. I literally made money on eBay on that product that year, selling those atomic refractors. Um, but I've kind of gotten out of it a little bit. I did was doing Heritage. I've got, I guess it would be, what, 2015 and 2016 Heritage. And you would have thought I would have been really all about last year because it was that 87 Tops design. I just, I've kind of taken, you know, in the hobby, I'm kind of, I'm not buying as much quantity. I'm probably spending the same amount of money, although I'm slowing down this year because I have a wedding to pay for. You know, I'm getting married in 12 months. Um, but yeah, I just haven't bought just haven't bought much lately. I love the heritage though because I love the concept of heritage, and you know, right. as much as everybody loves the baseball heritage. The wrestling heritage is kind of in you're in my wheelhouse because that's the product from when we were kids, 85, 86, 87. This year will be 88, which is a design that I will say in the last year I've kind of really come to appreciate. The set is not that great. Cookies, it was overproduced. But I've actually come to kind of appreciate that design. Um, but, yeah, just not buying them. I mean – Maybe I should go online and just buy the, you know, the base set just to have it. But and maybe I'll do that. It's just one of those things, you know, where it's going to cost me more to buy, to ship the dang thing than to buy the set. Yeah, true, definitely. So, I'm more of a collector than you are. I would say in general, but especially on the wrestling. And it's something I've never really thought about until last week or maybe the week before. Does or would any sort of Hall of Fame induction for a wrestler make any difference to you in collecting? I don't know that it makes a difference as far as I'm not going to I'm not going to go out and purchase anything because of that. But it is definitely something that I have thought about that, you know, WWE has this legends thing and you don't this legends contract. And these, these guys are not signing for the Tops wrestling product, which is a bit strange to me. And I would feel like, you know, again, I don't know what money Tops pays into WWE and all this kind of stuff, but it would be awesome to get those guys as autographs. But when you talk collecting, I mean, heck, you're going to go to Leaf because Leaf does those, uh, has done more of those Hall of Famers or, those guys from our youth and those are actually more desirable to me. And to be honest, they hold more value than a lot of the uh, current WWE guys. I mean, I could probably go online and get a Heath Slater autograph for three or four bucks on eBay, to be honest. But what if I want uh, Brutus, the barber beefcake and it's in leaf, those things are usually what? 12, 15 bucks. Probably in that, probably in that range. I mean, I've seen because Brian Gray honestly has had everybody under the sun involved in wrestling in those sets, it seems like, from, mm -hmm. you know, Al Snow to Dreamer to WCW guys and WWE, WWF, you know. To Axe, Demolition yeah, Axe. everybody. And, Which you know why. You know why I love Demolition Axe, but that's another yeah, story. The whole, there's a WVU connection there as well, so. And I did love Dem Demolition as a kid. I, I, I don't want to minimize that. So, but he has done a phenomenal job with those sets. I'm not, no discounting that at, at all. But there's something to be said for an autograph that is, we'll say, on card. Because the Tops wrestling is probably 50-50 at best for on card versus sticker. Yeah. But Tops does have some 
some legends in there, especially when you get into the higher sets, higher price, higher tier sets. Um, you know, I've seen Lawlers and Tops had a Lundra Blaze, and now they're starting to get more Undertaker, and there were some Sting autographs, and obviously autographs. all the guys like Bret Hart, you know, the traditional guys that are going to be in everything. But there aren't autographs like one guy I mentioned, like Typhoon or Tugboat. You know, that's somebody that I would love to have that isn't really out there. And I don't know that he's in Brian Gray's Leaf sets. And I and that goes back to exactly what you and I said, or what I said, and then you were kind of getting to as well. You know, with some of those mid-card guys, you know, were the guys that we were always fans of. Um, we were kids, so we liked those smaller guys, you know, the and the steamboats. They weren't, you know, he didn't have the body of a Hogan right. or whatever. But, yeah, because uh, that's what a lot of is happens in the hobby. I know we talk about kids getting into it, and, yes, we need that, but where does a lot of the money come from? It comes from the guys that are the age you and I are, where we've got a little expendable income now. So it's those 80s and 90s guys that, you know, you would love to see in there. Uh, Tops has had, uh, I mean, Tops has had some of the guys they've had in the the sets recently. You know, the I remember there was a Terry Funk was in Heritage one year. You have the Road Dog, Billy Gunn. Where are those guys? Where are those autographs at? And even those are more new than what you were referring to the tugboats or whatever. Still talking twenty uh, years ago. Well, you are, yeah, but uh, tugboats more twenty five, yeah, getting thirty years ago, um, which. Have you, by speaking of, I guess we'll just chat about this right on here. Have you listened to the Sean Mooney podcast? I have not. Um, my drive tugboat time. was on. Tugboat was on there probably two or three months ago. It was a great interview. My podcast listening time, <coughs> excuse me, has been cut down dramatically because now I work five minutes from home. So understood. Definitely don't get to listen as much as I would like. Um, I do listen to a lot of Bruce Pitt. Bruce Pritchard. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't even think of what it's called now. But uh, that's something, something to wrestling. I do listen listen to that more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But even then, that podcast, I think the one on last week with Shawn Michaels and Marty Janetti, the Rockers, I think it was four and a half hours. Gold Dust is either five or so six. Then, that's the one I'm up to. Um, but yeah, it's either five or six hours. It, it's it's definitely yeah, they're pretty long. The Mooney one is usually just one interview, but it is those guys from that era when he was there. Right. So Late 80s. Uh, tugboat, Coco Beware has been on there. Uh, Million Dollar Man was on there. So those kind of guys. But still, I guess some of those guys might even be slightly before your time. <laughs> but there is that overlap. It's funny because when you say Coco Beware, my Coco Beware memory is him and Owen Hart as high energy. That's my Coco Beware memory. So I definitely caught him as, at the tail end. Which is kind of like I never really saw Papa Shango. I know him as the Godfather. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's just because I miss that era. So we have a, we don't have necessarily the perfect overlap. But anyway, going back to that, I was just going to say, yeah, that's got some of those guys that you were that you were referencing from that era, that late 80s, early 90s era. So do you think, and this is total speculation, I know wrestling cards are not exactly the most collectible and rookie cards for wrestlers. It's a whole debate slash conversation because of gimmicks and names and all that whole deal. But do you think somebody like Goldberg, who was only ever Goldberg, or somebody like Flair or... Uh, Hogan possibly could be in that Ultimate Warrior. <clears throat> Do you think rookie cards of these guys will ever be worthwhile? And we're not talking rookie cards like the 1981-82 All-Stars. <laughs> we're talking rookie cards like 98 Tops WCW. Yeah, I don't. You know, I mean, I think to an extent, let's be honest, I don't even know what it is. Why is a rookie card more valuable than another card in sports? And I, I, I question that a lot. I'm like, what is, you Which know, is a fair deal? question. 
But so, you know, I already questioned that. And no, I don't think that the, the wrestler thing, and like you said, you have the, the additional thing of gimmicks, you know, that the guy that I probably keep the most, I like the Bray Wyatt character. Well, his quote unquote rookie cards would be him as Husky Harris. Yeah. I was going to say Michael McGillicuddy, but that's Curtis Axel. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, it doesn't even look like, I mean, it doesn't even look like the same dude. No, I don't think. And I think that that, I think that the wrestling collect the wrestling cards, um, you don't have teams. There's not as many ways to collect wrestling cards. You care about a wrestler or you care about a set, and that's about it. Uh, in sports, you have teams or positions. You know, in hockey, goalies are really popular. People collect goalies and don't care about anything else. There's not as many ways to collect wrestlers, and there's just not as many collectors, but those collectors of those given guys can be pretty, pretty diehard. But I don't think that the rookie thing is – even a thing because a lot of those guys that collect those don't have the sports card mindset. They don't collect sports right. cards. Yeah, and I would totally agree with you. And honestly, for as long as I've collected wrestling cards going back to the 90s with the classic sets, which classic in itself was one of my favorite brands, but those 100 card sets that came in the boxes that were at KB Toy Stores and, you know, that whole deal, all the way up until now through Fleer and Pacific and Tops. <clears throat> they don't they don't resell very well unless you get a girl or you they really don't resell very well but for me as a collector i like what tops has done lately the tops now is great um <clears throat> it's a little bit redundant because they'll do them for pay-per-views and it's i get what they're doing as pay-per-views but it's not exactly wrestlemania sort of thing <laughs> But with them having game used or game used, if, when they have event used mat cards, you know, hey, if so and so is your favorite wrestler and he won the title or she won the title that night, you can get a mat card from that event. You know, to me, that's awesome. You know, I have no See, and that's where I, the the mat relics and stuff. I just kind of. You know, it's just a personal thing, but I kind of just roll my eyes at those. And I agree with you. Uh, for I, me, for whatever. I don't like the mat Whatever, cards. they just don't do it. Yeah, I, I don't like the mat cards in general. But, you know, the one example I have is I have a Daniel Bryan mat card that pictures and shows that it's from WrestleMania, what was it, 30, where he won the title. So, for me, <clears throat> it's an $8 card. But it's kind of cool that I can say, hey, this was this particular event. You know, so for me, that's great. And I used to love when Fleer would do kind of the crazy relics, like the tables, and they would do trash cans. And, you know, when TNA did the bats for Sting, which I thought, so those were different, but I'm with you. The whole rookie card for wrestling is, is tough. Well, and even the relics, you know, going back to all that, like most of those relics, I'm just not that into. I think the one exception could have been, and again, I'm slightly biased, but you can kind of see the difference in it was when Bray Wyatt first came out and he was wearing like the Hawaiian type shirts. Right. Right. Print print shirts. Well, those were different every week. Those weren't Sting wearing the same black, you know, black with just white scorpion. Um whatever you would call that. I guess it was a singlet, but it was a, you know, a leg singlet. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. At least there's some difference on, like, say something like Bray Wyatt where it's printed. Like, literally, you could say, you could have a picture of him wearing that shirt, and then you have that shirt. Um, so that's a little different, because to me, the only uh, non-sports relic I have is a uh, Big Bang Theory one from one of my favorite episodes. And it has a piece of Sheldon's shirt and Kaylee Cuoco's character shirt. But you can see the print in the shirt is the print on the card. Right, and I will agree with you. So, I remember I was with you when you purchased that card. And, were you th- was it where that was when you were that was that Indianapolis? That yes, Indianapolis that was like show. 2013. Yeah, but Cryptozoic like does a great job because I actually was looking a couple weeks ago, <coughs> excuse me, on eBay at 
um, Arrow and Gotham Relics, and then it kind of cryptozoic kind of took me into Flash and Big Bang. But I never really realized that at least with Big Bang, whatever relic is in the card, they're pictured in that on the card. And that was that's one of the things that collectors want now and want to go back to is when we had playoff and they would do, you know, when Donner's playoff was around in 2000, 2001, all those years, they would take a picture of the item and put it on the back of the card. Mm, okay. So Cryptozoic is doing pretty much the same, <coughs> same exact thing, but not in a museum type photo, which is what Donner's playoff used to do. But yeah, it was just like I said, that particular card that I was speaking of, the Big Bang card I have, you know, it's easier because it's not a uniform, it's not a it's not a wrestling whatever, it's not a green swatch of an Eagles jersey, um, it's a printed shirt because they wear normal right. clothes like you and I right. do on the show. So that was what made it different. And, you know, going, you know, kind of circling back to the wrestling, you know, there's some guys that have that variety where you can do that, but it's it's the 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 Bray Wyatt's or if it's a guy, I mean, it's a Heath Slater wearing his own shirt or something, you know, that the Hardy Boys wore maybe that was a little different because they didn't wear the same thing all right. the time. Um, and there was so much color to it. So just you know, just my just my five cents there. So we talked about wrestling. We've done this for thirty minutes now. So we have lost every listener we Basically. had, probably. So what I Sorry. wanted to ask you, I think I'm going to hold off on maybe till next week when it's a little bit closer because I wanted to talk about Top Series 1. But something happened this now, week with Aaron Judge. And not the player, but more of a card situation. And I saw it. I don't know if I sent it to you, if you sent it to me, or if we both – I think I had retweeted it on the Beans Card blog Twitter, and I think you had replied and said, hey, yeah, I wondered if you had okay, seen this. So. And I, just reply, I replied, uh, you know, uh, podcast uh, topic question. <laughs> so do me a favor while I cough and explain the situation. So basically, assuming I, I guess we're talking about the same situation, was there are some – Aaron Judge, they were supposed to be certified autograph cards from Tops. I don't, I don't do baseball, so I'm not. I don't know what particular set these were from, but you see the top certified issue print on there and a spot for a signature, uh, basically where you would assume the signature would be. There's no signature there, so these somehow snuck out into packs and. I have actually had that happen with Upper Deck. I got, and you knew about this. This was, I think, 2012. Um, I actually had the same thing happen where they were supposed to be autographed and they weren't. And they snuck out. You, so it's you not had a 20 new in a box thing. or something like that, though. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like 10, 15, something like that in a box. And actually, I still have those in my account on Column C, but there's no way to differentiate them. So they are just listed as the basic card number, and I have. <laughs> a basic card common listed at like 20 bucks. So, but anyway, in this case, uh, somebody had opened and got, I don't know if it was one of these cards, multiple cards. I think it was multiple ones in a case, maybe. Okay. And then they sent them to different colors, but yeah, they were all like, you know, there was multiple in this same case. Um, I don't know if it was a personal collector. I don't know if it was a breaker, you know, what it was. Um, and they sent them to BGS to get graded, and apparently they were. They told the customer that they would not be grading them. That Tops had asked them not to. And I believe I don't know if there's anything I kind of missed on the story, but I feel like that's the last I know. And Beck, you know, Beckett grading has put out just, you know, your typical, whatever you want to say, generic. <laughs> response to it or whatever and then i also believe they said something and then they kind of like tried to correct it is that am i remembering that correctly actually i did not see any responses from beckett so that's news to me yeah beckett has tweeted something let me see if i can find it here real quick um 
there was a picture where it said that they said uh, they said that we had tops had asked us not to do it, and then I feel like later on they issued an addendum saying that uh, we were incorrect. They didn't. It was our decision not to do it. I could be wrong there. Take that. Don't take that to the bank. Right. Um, I'm trying to find the darn underscore on my uh, computer because I think it's Beckett underscore grading. It's also difficult doing this in the dark. Let's just be honest. Ah, uh, here we go. Beckett grading. Because I've seen it even pop up a few more times today as I've been on there. All right, so here it is from January 18th. It said, we recently received an order on a guaranteed service that included questionable TOPS cards that we decided not to grade. It was mistakenly written on a return slip that TOPS had asked us not to grade these cards. BGS always makes the final decision on whether or not we authenticate and or grade an item. However, BGS continues to pursue information on the cards in question. So, yeah, so that kind of rings my bell. Yeah, there was a there was a picture of a something with a slip, and it said that they had asked them not to grade it, and then people were going, rightfully so, were going haywire because they're saying, why are you you're supposed to be independent? Why are you catering to tops? Saying you know we don't want you to grade these. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I would I would be upset at that, especially going back to. <clears throat> And I don't know if you were back into collecting at this point or not, but if you go back to 2006 with the Tops Alex Gordon issue where that card got out, but there are so many variations of that card, almost like the Bill Ripken card from years ago, where the Alex Gordon, there's a a cutout. There's a, mm-hmm. a, a I actually had a copy of that, believe it or not. You know, so all these things. And sold it. But yeah, those that was some of the people said. Yeah, they graded those because that was one of the things that somebody questioned was, "Hey, here's this," and they showed an example of it. And there was other non non graded, or I'm sorry, non similar non autographed on an autograph on what should have been an autographed one. Yeah, people were obviously, again, rightfully so. And you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I have some friends at Beckett and, you know, I've done their podcast a few times and there's a lot of that going on, but I'm not going to sit here and defend them. I still try to maintain and say what I think is right. You know, what is right. And it, it all seems shady to me. And, you know, maybe at some point I become persona non grata by saying that. Um, but it's, it's sketchy as hell. Yeah. And especially to, it's one thing if, you know, these bulk graders have reps. You know, they get deals for service and fees and the whole deal. You have your rep, you call, you get your rate, whatever. It's one thing for the rep to tell you, hey, you know, Tops asses not to do this, blah, blah, blah. It's a verbal conversation. That person now only has their word. But it's another thing to write it down and include it with your order that they sent back to you and then say, well, yeah, that was a mistake. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a paper trail. That's, you know, and we talk paper trails and all kinds of aspects. Right. And I don't, I saw the video. I saw the screenshots. I don't remember if there were initials or signature or anything like that of the grader or authenticator that did that. But I can imagine. Yeah. For what? For whatever reason, I cannot find, I don't recall who posted it or who did that original one. Yeah, I'm not having any luck trying. I can't to, imagine that guy's going to be, picture. you know, welcome at work the next day for as much turmoil as he's going to cause, well, he or she, I guess. But I don't know. I, I totally agree that, you know, they're independent and they're in the city kind of wonder what somebody like would have done or what SGC even would have done because honestly between the three I feel like SGC has the least amount of I guess we'll say the most amount of credibility to me as far as and the least amount of issues 
because I hear all the time about PSA and, you know, people say that they can be paid for grades and that's, you know, that's whatever. But I would love to see what would happen if that guy submitted the cards to PSA or SGC. Would they grade him or would they not? Yeah, it's hard to say. I have no, uh, you know, but I, I get what I would say is probably because you would say, you know, just again, as being independent, you would say that there's more, there should be, and this be, you know, I'm even saying should be more of a relationship between Tops and Beckett than Tops oh, and PS and Air Tops and SGC, just because of the other aspects of Beckett's business. Um, but again, you know, it's shady. It's inconsistent with other things that they've done. There are already, let's be honest, there are already enough questions out there all the time about grading and just, you know, collusion and, you know, paying more, better, better, better customers, getting better grades. And just so many things in the business period, not just with grading, but with just cards in general, uh, tops holding back. You know, I'm thinking of, for whatever reason, I'm thinking of those, I think it was 25 Chris Bryan autographed rookies that were supposedly put into packs that they all sent to Beckett to get graded. Do you recall that story from about two years ago, three years ago? Vaguely. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. But I mean, there's just, but I mean, it's like every day there's stories of what the heck is going on. Right. And when you see this, you're just adding another, you're just adding another uh, piece of wood onto the fire. You know, and one argument, excuse me, one argument could also be, had it not been Aaron, Je Aaron Judge, would this have happened? You know, had it been Jason Martin, who just got traded from the Astros to the Pirates in double A, would anybody care? You know, probably, probably I think not. they would have cared if it had been sent in, but the question then becomes, would it have been sent in? True. You know, I those of all those upper deck ones that we talked about that I had for me that year, that was, you know, for me, it was Geno Smith. It was EJ Manuel, um, Tavon Austin, DeAndre. I didn't get any DeAndre Hopkins. I didn't get any of those guys. I only got one guy that I would even say was a relative name would have been, a you know, more than a common card. So I wasn't going to send those in, but, you know. Who's to say that if I didn't get one of those top guys, I wouldn't have sent them in. Eddie Lacy, I think, was another guy right. from that. Um, so, you know, like you said, if it was Jason Martin who just got traded, it's not even going to get sent in. It's just going to go to eBay. Hey, here's some kind of error, one of one, question mark. You know, here we go. But it was Aaron Judge. And obviously if it, you know, let's go back to the Jason Martin argument. <coughs> let's say that somebody – did send it in and it got rejected and it had the same notes and the same circumstances, there would not, <clears throat> there would not be this big of a kerfuffle that nobody would care because it's Jason Martin. It's not Aaron judge. Not I agree. I agree and disagree. Would there still be a thing out there? Would it be as big? Absolutely not. But I still think there would be out there because as I've said, it seems like there are so many questions of, what all of these companies, whether it be the manufacturers, the grading companies, or whatever, are doing. And because of social media, and specifically Twitter, I think it still would have been out there, and there still would have been a lot of talk about it. But it wouldn't have gotten as big. Right. Because social media has changed. Let's be honest. Social media has changed everything. And I know I'm more into Twitter than you are, yep. or I think I am. Yep. So I see a lot more on there, and I see a lot of people just going, you know, what what the heck right. is going on here? So I still think that it would have been out there. And especially it's so easy to contact the companies, especially for some of the people, you know, like yourself. You're in an area where you get to <clears throat> not necessarily mingle, but, you know, you get to talk to people here and there at shows where I don't necessarily have that luxury. I'm sure if you tagged so-and-so at Beckett or Panini, you would probably get a response a lot quicker than I would. You know, so those things are out there where 20 years ago, you, you write a letter and pray to God that, you know, somebody sees it. Yeah, you somebody sees it and you don't know one way or the other. And, 
even if I do get a response, what am I going to do? Right into Be- right into readers, right in Beckett, right? Because that's what there was. Um, now you know. Now it's different. You know. Now you know. I've established mm-hmm. on Twitter with that. You know, I've got a following of I think close to three thousand people now. And obviously, some of those are bots or whatever. But you know, you got to think a good couple thousand of those are actual collectors. So they see these things that I retweet and. You know, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do is try to inform, try to retweet, try to share blog posts. And this is a big de- it's a big deal. It's not as big of a deal for me because I'm not a baseball guy and I'm not buying as much modern. But it's still I mean, it's still big because it's still hobby related. Yeah, definitely. And it, it will be for a while um, until, you know, the next the next issue yep. will be the next issue will be uh, uh you know it'll be le- it'll be less than a month away uh you know some of the things um i'm thinking about because you know you have some of these people that you know are very negative whether they be people that are podcasters i think you know who i'm referring to or they're just people on twitter that are very negative well they don't let these things die correct and that's not a bad thing always i'm not really accusing them but some of the other things I'm thinking of are uh, Panini, where there was a Mitchell and Ness jersey tag in there. I heard that about that, within, and I can't. That was within player, the last year. About that, yeah. yeah, that was within the last year, and you know, and I, I see a lot of people on Twitter, and it's certain ones that are tend to be more negative, and you take that for what it's worth. You have to yourself, you have to get in that middle ground. But they have a legitimate question of Panini has done this, 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 this or Topps has done this, or Beckett has done this, and y'all keep spending money with them. So why are they going to, why are they going to worry about it? They're not worried about it. They're laughing. They're laughing it off. It's not a big deal. You're still going to send cards to Beckett grading to get graded. You're still going to go buy, what is it? Thousand dollar boxes of national treasures. Even though a national treasures card came out with a Jersey swatch that was obviously not, any kind of worn. It was a fake. It was a Mitchell and Ness that you or I could have bought online. Right. People and, you... buying, and people are still buying their stuff. And this is no different than that. And it'll just be the next thing. And it'll just be the next thing because in a way, I think that most collectors, they have no, no cojones and no control. Well, it's not even that it's, you know, <clears throat> I know the podcast that you're talking about. I know the people that you're talking about because we're all in the same circle to an extent, but at the same time, I just talked to a a buddy of mine that works at my old place of employment. Who's 10 years older than me. And I had to explain card grading to him, you know, and he's, I can remember sending cards to get graded back as far as 2000, 2001, you know, so it's, we're in the know, but are we're definitely in that minority the minority the minority is the is what knows 10 20% i don't mm-hmm. think the other 75 80% 90% even know that the Aaron judge thing happened so of course they're going to send more stuff to be graded because just the odds are in beckett's favor but i but i also don't think that anybody that has been the people that are trying to make a quick buck the people that are oh i bought this i'm i'm confident it's a PS or I'm confident of BGS 10 they're still sending it in they don't care because they're just your options are limited your options are limited and you're just so many people are in it just a quick flip (laughs) and again it it, you know it is what it is right or wrong but people aren't going to stop buying panini products um so yeah so I mean I guess that kind of that is what it is. Yeah, and I would agree. And you kind of summed up what we've always talked about, and especially what I wanted to do with Preserve the Hobby was exactly what the title is. It's inform people, keep stories alive, and not forget about the past. You know, and I want to talk to guys, you know, that have left Pacific or Fleer and went on to other things. Like, I want to be able to talk to people that had to clean out their office when FLIR was done or when Pacific was done, you know, those sort of things. So, 
I think before I die of coughing, we'll stop there. But um, we've talked about the president's choice. We've seen that on Twitter lately, and we have some theories as to who it is. And um, that's somebody we want to talk to and see what they're doing. Um, and I also have a couple players that I'm going to try to contact before spring training starts to maybe get them on here as well. So um, anything else you have to say before <laughs> I cough my lungs off here? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm just hoping you, hoping you live. I'm hoping we, <laughs> do another, uh, hoping we get to do another episode. Yeah, we'll be fine. It's just, man, my whole, whole household has been sick probably since Christmas. So, yeah, you know, we talked about that. That's yep. why we were going to try to do this weeks ago. But I started getting sick at, uh, a couple of days after Christmas, was sick for about two weeks. And then, you know, our, our our family dog died. And that, you know, has been very rocky, very emotional. Um, you know, I haven't been in a right frame of mind. That was the – it was on the third. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I broke down a little bit ago. I was writing a blog post and – it was about some cards I've bought of Mastiffs. Right, yeah, I did and, see that. Yeah, well, you saw the one from a few days ago. I don't know if you saw the one I wrote today because it was just a couple hours ago. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's still – it's an everyday thing. And we adopted a new pup last week, and she's really she's really helped heal us in a lot of ways. But still rough. And then, like you said, you guys have been sick for a while now. It's just one of those things. But Yeah, I've been sucking down cough drops this whole – 52 minutes we've been on here so mm, sounds delightful yep so all right so we'll wrap it up there um preserve the hobby is on twitter at preserve hobby and then you can also find ken on twitter at beans b card blog and then obviously the blog at beans ball card blog so we'll try to do this again next week on sunday um if not we will catch it during the week but oh yeah next sunday might be bad royal rumble Oh, yeah, maybe not next Sunday then. But maybe Saturday or we can figure something else out around yeah. it. Who knows? <clears throat> maybe not Sunday. I'm glad I you didn't said even that. Th- I just, that just hit me. Yeah, so, all right, we'll catch up soon, but we will do this again. And maybe next week, if not the week after, but that's all I have for today. You know where, you know where to find me. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. Later on. <laughs> <laughs>